93.7 KPFK, Los Angeles. Next, Rethinking Heroes. Well, today we're going to be doing some open phones, plus we're going to be talking to a man who was a debt collector who turned into something much better, a debt forgiver. And we're going to be talking to a man with a military family who also had a great enlightenment. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. With over 700 military veteran journalists worldwide, it's your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing. Stories from the front. Carrie Harrison here. An update on national defense news and stories affecting service members and veterans. Saddening news emerged from Texas this week when a young Latina soldier was found dead at Fort Hood and her family wants answers from the Army. 20-year-old combat engineer, Private Ana Fernanda Basulada, she died by apparent suicide in a unit maintenance bay. Army officials confirmed that its criminal investigators do not suspect foul play in her death, but Basualda Ruiz, originally from Mexico, joined the Army after immigrating to the United States. She had been stationed at Fort Hood for 15 months. The fallen soldier's parents spoke with Telemundo, a Spanish-language news agency owned by NBC. Her mother, Alejandro Ruiz Zarco, told Telemundo that her daughter had experienced sexual harassment in the weeks before her death. The 1st Cavalry Division soldier reportedly was sexually harassed by both her peers and her superior, her mother said. The Army has not yet publicly addressed these claims. But the service is working to provide resources and support to the family, and the Basulada Ruiz follow and fellow soldiers and followers may be impacted by her loss. Well, her battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Patrick Sullivan of the 91st Engineer Battalion, released a statement saying he was, quote, deeply saddened by the young soldier's death. He also extended sympathies to her family. Fort Hood is the same installation where Vanessa Gullen's 2020 disappearance and death led to a tidal wave of media coverage. The Gillian saga has also sparked major changes to Army processes, military justice, and other military policies, which will be put to the test as attention builds around Basulada's Ruiz's tragic death. If you or a loved one is experiencing thoughts of suicide or self-harm, you can seek assistance by calling the National Suicide Lifeline at 988-TROOPS, and vets can get select option one for specialized help. It's like 411, it's like 911, but it's 988. Just remember that, 988-988-988. It's all you need to remember if you need that help for suicide, suicidal ideation, self-harm, whatever that might be, 988. Also, in Texas, the state legislature there is making important moves towards closing a benefits gap that impacts the families of National Guard troops who die in the line of duty. You're likely familiar with the National Guard. Its soldiers and airmen serve both the president and the governor of their respective states. That includes fighting overseas in the nation's wars. At home, they fight wildfires, they respond to hurricanes, they deploy for riots, and they do a whole lot more that you never even see or know about. So when you do see them at home, they're often on temporary state active duty, paid with state funds, not receiving true military benefits. Benefits, key word. All benefits are determined by their individual states. Texas currently has thousands of guard troops on its border under state orders from its governor, Greg Abbott. And one died, a hero, in April 2022, trying to save two migrants from being swept away by the Rio Grande River, Sergeant Bishop Evans. But due to the benefits gap, Evans' family did not receive 
a $500,000 death benefit that other state first responders on the border, the ones that they do get if they die in the line of duty. Texas, however, does not give that. The Texas legislature is moving to close that benefits gap, finally, though with a law named after Evans. It would provide the same death benefits to guard soldiers on state duty. Veterans and military groups turned out at a hearing this week to promote the bill, which is happily likely to pass. Meanwhile, in Europe, controversy erupted this week when two Russian fighter jets downed an unmanned United States military aircraft. Neither the U.S. nor Russia believe that this incident will lead to any further escalation, officials have said. The U.S. drone, an MQ-9 Reaper, was flying over international waters in the Black Sea. Tensions in the region have been extremely high between Russia and the U.S.-led NATO alliance since Moscow invaded Ukraine in February 2022. Ukraine is not a member of the NATO alliance, but members have extensively supported the Eastern European country. They provided Ukraine with training, with equipment, with ammunition, with intelligence support, including drone reconnaissance. Although it's not clear what exactly the drone was doing over the Black Sea, seriously, it was absolutely allowed to be there in international airspace. But two Russian Su-27 fighter jets felt differently. They flew to the drone, intercepting it in fighter pilot parlance. And what happened next was, well, unusual. Even more unusual, the Defense Department released stunning video from the drone's camera, which is now available on MilitaryTimes.com. In it, you can see the Russian pilots approaching the drone and dumping jet fuel on it as they fly by. But on a second pass... One of the fighter jets strikes the drone, knocking its camera offline and sending it crashing into the sea below. Nobody is certain whether they were trying to take down the drone or simply disable its cameras and force it to return to its base in Italy. But American officials decried the conduct of the Russians, calling their intercept unsafe and unprofessional. The U.S. also pointed out that the Russian aircraft nearly took itself down by colliding with the jet-fuel-drenched drone, which could have made the Russian pilot meet a fiery fate. Regardless of the risk, though, Russia is celebrating the pilot's exploits. The country's defense ministry announced that both aviators will receive awards for their actions against the drone. Special thanks to the Military Times' Davis Winky and military veterans and journalism for assembling this flash briefing from Los Angeles and beyond. I'm Kerry Harrison with Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military. I've spent a decade taking a bite out of conspiracy theories, unraveling urban legends, and grappling with worldwide top secret issues. I've even racked up some of their awards. Wow, I mean, first of all, what a question. Journalism is about telling the truth, all while ferreting out the bottom line. I'm a Harrison Hellraiser. Uh-oh, with me, Carrie Harrison, as your guide. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military, with Carrie Harrison. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com, where we, every month, at the end of every month, get rid of $1 million in medical debt, regular people's medical debt, on behalf of veterans. We're so used to hearing that we have to help veterans, and we do. And we're used to being in a position where that's all we do is we point our help toward veterans. Well, there are millions of them pointing their help back at you and me for helping them. 
and it's extraordinary and awesome. And a million dollars in medical debt spread thinly throughout cities across the country so that everyone listening is affected by it. It's a huge thing. And we're going to hear a little later about how we're able to pull that off uniquely here on Rethinking Heroes. But right now, I want to introduce to you an idea that's uh, pretty cool to me. We hear, uh, we're going to hear from a man who, well, let me just put it into a question. We'll make it a lot easier. What happens when you grow up with two Army parents and a Navy SEAL brother, and you're married to a wife 30 years in the service? Well, it's magic, really, apparently. At least it was for him, especially for vets and the rest of us civilians. With us is Mike Schmidt, a strategic business development and tactical marketing and sales professional, entrepreneur with integrated skills in new company formation, technology adaption, and go-to-market sales and distribution channel development. What does that all mean? Well, we're going to have Mike explain it because this is your shortcut into success if you're a veteran with all that great Uh, training and discipline, or if you're a civilian married to a veteran, you know veterans, or you're just interested in what do smart people who have their stuff together, how are they able to pull it off? Mike Schmidt, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Thank you very much, Gary, for having me on your show. Do you want to make a couple of course corrections for you? Uh, I've been married 38 years to my wife, Janet, but when I mentioned that to you, my partner, Tammy Donaldson in VSS, she is married to someone else, so uh, but she did spend 30 years in the in the army and uh, 20 years of that doing transition services. So uh, definitely correct the record, but no harm done. Well, I would say the take home is that long term marriages can last. So if that's all anyone walks away with. That puts a smile on my face. Well, now, 38 my- years. I just celebrated it in February. So very good. Okay, so you're what we would call a stable character. Oh, oh. and that's the kind we want to talk to you have your hands in many interesting pies uh they happen to be successful pies that's the kind we like to bake here on rethinking heroes and so many of us are just struggling and wondering how are we going to do this and that how do we get through the day you know is there really commerce and business will anyone ever talk to us listen to us Uh, are our ideas even any good and uh, you have shown in year after year after year that many ideas could be turned into something great. You've got one you're working on right now that has to do with housing. And the governor of California announced this week that he is going to be releasing billions to help with micro housing and other things. This is right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, very much so. And that's uh, one of the reasons why we formed VSS back in 2015. Uh, I had actually been looking at the tiny house industry uh, as a business development opportunity. And what was interesting about it was that uh, it was just getting off the ground after being baked for almost 20 years. So there was a lot of uh, codes and and building standards that weren't put in place. And uh, I was actually asked to become the first business development director for the tiny home industry association where i actually got a chance to start looking at some of the the code issues in the market and then tammy and i my partner in vss we put together our veteran support transition services company to start working with local vets and their families uh, really at the grassroots level we wanted to have caseworkers that could reach out to veterans and their families and basically support them in getting their ratings done or giving them health care services and so we were operating kind of as a SWAT team in the local community here in Colorado Springs. We've got a tremendous veteran support infrastructure here with many, many organizations doing this. But one of the things that came out in many of our meetings was the sheer lack 
and supply of affordable housing. So we started kind of pivoting and looking at, well, maybe we could start working on a VSS village model that would be like a supportive village that we could create for veterans and their families and then utilize the, the uh, framework of a tiny house development, small, what we call a pocket neighborhood that could have 10 or 20 units. But one of the things that became very clear as we started sharing this idea at like the tiny house jamboree that was here in the Springs, uh, almost 45,000 people showed up in 2015 for that first show. The, it was just the whole market exploded. And we started talking with a lot of people that wanted to look at how do I buy a tiny house? How do I put it on my property? And, and more importantly, how do we wrap this around the veteran community? And we realized that the development process of putting single family housing in place is so old and so well run and basically has a lot of gaps in it. It costs a lot of money to build single family housing using the traditional stick built method. And what came out, Carrie, was utilities. You got to solve the utilities challenge to bring these tiny home communities in play. Very true. Uh, we look at our great grandparents who lived on farms. They had to go to the outhouse at 14 below zero may just wait three or four days, which is probably why my grandmother always ate prunes. That's right. Just kind of what happens when you don't have the infrastructure, the plumbing, the electricity, et cetera, et cetera. So this is very bright. You know, you go to Italy, you go to the Amalfi Coast, you see people living in what we would call caves. They are caves, but they were cemented in or paved in years ago by hardened clay. And there are a thousand people living in caves and they're fabulous modern houses with air conditioning, electricity, and all of that. And it was all about the plumbing and electricity. Right. Because once upon a time, going back even 100 years ago, their livestock lived in there with them. That's right. That way your sheep didn't get stolen. Mm -hmm. And these are different times. And so when a governor now recognizes what you recognized 10 years ago as being a great solution, you as an entrepreneur a proven thought leader in the area of entrepreneurial innovation, seed stage startup company formation, uh, creation of numerous technology companies in diverse interesting uh, industries around the world. I would imagine what you can offer for a government that kind of walks on its knuckles half the time could really light this thing up and make it work well. Well, you know, it's funny how you kind of couch that. There's a lot of municipalities and county governments that really are, are striving to figure out how to crack this housing challenge. I, I, I tell people that, you know, in my, my later years, I'm going to be hacking housing. And this is one of the ways of doing it, of creating tiny home communities or pocket neighborhoods or cluster communities of 10 or 20 tiny houses. But what we want to do, Carrie, is we want to actually build a microgrid so that we can actually attach those houses and do it cost effectively where we get primary power solved. We can do waste and, and waste management and water treatment in this small micro community and bring the cost down significantly so you can create a sustainable living environment. So what really this is kind of talk about, you, everybody's heard the terms uh, home owners associations, but there's another one. That's oh, don't say that. I live in a condo. Is, I, 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 uh, communities wins. of interest. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. And communities of interest, you could have community land trusts where the people own a piece of that land and hover their tiny house over top of it. But we can still provide municipal governments and county governments with revenue with a land tax. 
Got to mm. stop thinking about just myopically trying to get property tax. If you've got a tiny house community on wheels that can plug in or jack into a microgrid that's been cost effectively developed, you can now lower the cost for either rental community or a lease to own or lease to buy a tiny home pocket neighborhood. So what we really want to do is focus on, hey, there's a lot of private property out there, a lot of private investors. Maybe there's a model we can put this together and we can actually have a revenue stream develop for those uh, private property owners, almost like a retirement plan. But we don't necessarily have to do it with big, expensive plan unit developments that take many, many years, lots of developers' hands and lots of buys, and, and it takes a long time to get these uh, single-family housing developments created. We think tiny houses and microgrids may be a way to do that. Well, you have just sung a song that resonates with certainly everybody in Southern California. Uh, also, people listening in Palm Springs, people in Las Vegas listening, people in Norfolk, Virginia, Pennsylvania. It doesn't matter. This is exactly the solution everyone is looking for. How do people follow you, Mike Schmidt? Well, you can go to uh, my site at SambleVenturesLLC.com. Uh, uh, Spell that out for us if you would. Uh, pardon that. Say that spell again. That, spell that yeah. out for us. Ensemble Ventures. It's actually right here behind me, <laughs> up above. And if I slide over to one side, you can see the the URL there at the bottom. Ensemble. I, I'm just going to read it out loud. Ensemble. E n s c m b l e. Right. Ventures. V e n t u r e s. Like Ventura County. Ensemble right. Ventures LLC. And you'll be able to see what they're doing and uh, get involved because what this we'll do is- what we'll do Karen we'll put a special landing page on the site for the rethinking heroes and then we'll dial in the VSS veteran support solutions company and the work that we're doing there awesome thank you so much Mike Schmidt happy to have you on he is a man who grew up with army parents navy seal brother uh, has been in a long-term marriage <laughs> let me point that out because it suddenly became relevant and frankly right. I'm jealous uh, no he has been able to take all kinds of different organizations, different groups, strategic business developments, tactical marketing, sales, professional entrepreneurs, integrated skills into new company formations, technology adaptions, and go-to-market sales and distribution channel developments, helping veterans, helping me, helping you, helping all of us move this planet forward, get this needle going forward. So I appreciate you coming on, my friend, and uh, we wish you a happy day and best of luck in your endeavors. Thank you very much, Kerry, for the work you're doing and the great program, Rethinking Heroes. It's absolutely uh, amazing work you guys are, are doing. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, my friend. Kerry Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. In just a tick, we're going to talk to Jerry Ashton. You've probably seen him on HBO. Uh, if you're watching CBS Sunday morning in a couple of weeks, you're going to see him on there because he is the guy who was a former debt collector, not anybody's probably best friend when they're a debt collector. And he had a true epiphany. He saw the light. He was spoken to. I don't know what you call it. He's better at explaining it. But he was able to take the same formula, the same algorithm, the same principles that allowed him to become a very successful debt collector and become a debt forgiver. Now to the tune of eight and a half billion, with a B, dollars in medical debt across the United States. That's you, potentially. Your neighbor, potentially. And he has a lot more work to do. And of course, his sites are now focused on the veteran community where there are trillions in medical debt. And guess what? You thought, well, 
Don't veterans just go to the VA and it's unlimited, all-you-can-eat medicine, it's free. Not to worry. Well, you heard in the news story I did earlier, didn't you, that this uh, uh, people don't get benefits. They don't because there's a loophole and they try to get out of it. Well, this medical debt no longer can crush the millions of veterans, many of whom are intense because they got a broken leg that cost 500 grand because you could do that in this country and you can't afford your mortgage and you're out on the streets. Well, that is going to go away in a flash. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison, Life After the Military. RethinkingHeroes.com. Hi, Carrie Harrison here with you, reminding you to like and share when you visit us on Facebook. Simply go to Facebook.com Rethinking Heroes. It's really that simple. Facebook.com Rethinking Heroes. Not only are we wiping out $1 million in regular people's medical debt at the end of every month, but our Rethinking Heroes Facebook page is dedicated to all the good people who have heard this show and would like to have a 24-hour after show, so to speak. So just feel free to write what's on your mind, in your heart, and on your conscience, knowing that it will remain uncensored and honored not only by us, but by your fellow veterans. Whether you are a veteran or simply married to one or are a military brat or just care a lot more than the next guy, we invite you to hang out on our Facebook page, which is cleverly called Rethinking Heroes. Imagine how many hours that took for that high-level marketing decision. So don't forget to always like and share every time you visit us on Facebook at Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenient. They delivered it free, and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-628-7226. 800-628-7226. That's it. 800-628-7226. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military with Carrie Harrison. Carrie Harrison here, and this is Rethinking Heroes. Rethinkingheroes.com, where you can see what we do and learn why we do it. And why we do it is because it has never been done before. Tens of millions of people who've been in the service Going back as far as your memory will go, as far as your grandparents' memory will go, or if you're like me, came over in the Mayflower, my answer signed the Declaration of Independence. So I feel a, well, a, a certain zeal in making sure that the Constitution doesn't get shredded, ignored, torn up, blown up, whatever the case may be. Uh, when I go to the state of Florida, having to watch the governor talk about literally uh, we're talking Fahrenheit 451. We're talking Bradbury experiences of book burnings. And already in a county in Florida called Martin County, a county nobody's ever heard of, people in Florida don't even know where it is, 20 books have been pulled off the bookshelf. Uh, they contain things like the Holocaust was real. Black people were once slaves. I think you get where I'm going. You do it in the little counties. 
then it goes to the bigger counties. If you start in the big counties, you get blowback. People get upset. But you start working it from the bottom all the way up, and sooner or later, everyone is already involved, and it's too late. These are issues that we deal with, and this is one of the things and one of the reasons when I open up the phones coming up in about 10 minutes, I want veterans to call in. I want you to talk about what the Constitution means to you, what freedom and liberty means to you, why you went out and fought. Was it for this kind of stuff? Maybe it was, and if so, that's okay. I want to hear about it. I'm going to play you a news story about a new law that's going into effect about um, unconcealed, unpermitted handguns that they want to let the entire population of Florida walk around with unpermitted, concealed weapons on their hips, thinking that this is going to be good for the public. I want to hear, when you call in in about 10 minutes, veterans, you who have walked around with real loaded guns, what does this mean when 40 million people all are walking around with loaded guns on their hips? Does it make things safer? You are experts. I am not. The news people are definitely nitwits. So this is going to be a very important conversation. We'll be opening up the phones in about 10 minutes. But right now, I want you to imagine a successful debt collector having an almost literal epiphany, realizing the same formula he could use as a debt collector against the public. That's the only way to look at it if you're part of the public. But that that same formula could be inverted if he thought about it deeply, which he did and turned it into a way to purely help the public. Ten years ago, he co-founded a national charity called RIP Medical Debt, which has so far relieved the American public of over $8 billion in medical debt. Crushing causes people to get homeless. It creates further sickness. Over $8 billion in medical debt, and he's still going at it. With me right now is Jerry Ashton of Let's Rethink This, a public benefit corporation, which is essential in making this show able to perform this Disney magic of us being able to give away, forgive, get rid of $1 million in medical debt at the end of this month. He's with us now to fill us in on the details of how we're planning at the end of this month to actually pull that off here at Rethinking Heroes and to publicly forgive that million dollars in medical debt across the country on behalf of America's veterans. Jerry Ashton, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. I am delighted to be on your show. I'm delighted always to talk to you, Carrie. I have such admiration for your, not only your wonderful voice, but the fact that you put out facts as opposed to simple opinions. So thank you. They're easier to research, frankly. <laughs> they are. Trying to remember the other stuff. It must be difficult for people. Well, so, you were a, you were a, in, in researching you, you were a Navy, uh, you were a journalist in the Navy. So your background comes from facts. Yes. And I'm a great believer in fact-based reporting, and that's why I prize your show. So since you brought me on to talk about the work that I'm doing to help your show abolish $1 million worth of medical debt at the end of this month, let me go on those details. Uh, first of all, yes, you're right. I'm a former uh, debt collector, kneecaps especially, and my <laughs> job was to make sure that uh, my client was paid. Now, some of these clients were doctors. Doctors are nice people. They have to pay their bills. Maybe you should pay them for their services. And so it's, uh, I consider it to be an honorable profession. Uh, I was also a gadfly in my own industry because 
I didn't like the way that some people took their job much too seriously uh, in the way that they were performing their debt collection activities. So I wasn't exactly beloved in my community. So when I discovered by way of Occupy Wall Street, uh, which is a uh, which happened about four or five subway stops from my apartment here in New York City. Being a journalist, I grabbed my pad and I grabbed my uh, camera and I went down to chronicle things. And what I heard astounded me because I really was listening as opposed to judging. And what they were saying is that there's a lot of wrongs that need to be righted. And they went through the whole list, the same list that you and I are debating today all the egregious wrongs that need to be righted. One in particular caught my attention. They were against medical debt. Well, that caught my attention. Yes, why is that? Well, they felt, righteously so, that no civilized nation should allow its, its citizens to go broke just because they got sick or injured. No, 60% of all bankruptcies in America, personal bankruptcies are based on medical debt that's unpayable. So that caught my attention to start thinking my industry, thinking my profession, rethinking ways to change this, which is why, by the way, the, the website letsrethinkthis.com came out of that kind of thinking. So what I did is I got a friend of mine in the industry and I said, let's help bring attention to this need to get rid of unpaid medical debt. And we formed RIP Medical Debt, a 501c3 corporation. And you're correct, as of this moment, we've abolished over $8.5 billion for over 5 million Americans. And we're just getting started. Now, being part of the military, what I learned when I started buying debt in bulk, that there were actually veteran debt included. I couldn't understand that. I thought the VA took care of everybody. Like most citizens, I thought that well, that's what we that's what we thought. And I believe when they sign their life away to go overseas, they come back thinking they're going to get unlimited Band-Aids and, you know, a hug. Uh, neither Band-Aids nor hugs appear. And the check that you're talking about is that as a as a citizen who becomes a citizen's soldier, sailor, Marine, Air Force, Coast Guard, we signed a blank check to the U.S. and you're willing, and we're willing to have you cash it, even if it means up to and including our lives, with the expectation, modestly, that when we come home, that we'll be taken care of in the cases where harm has befallen us, or will befall us, befalling us. That doesn't happen. It didn't happen. So we put up a website website called End Vet Med Debt in veteranmedicaldebt.com, which I invite your, your listeners to go to. But the real pleasure I'm having is bringing to Rethinking Heroes an agreement that I have with my own uh, uh, charity to enable us to abolish $1 million on behalf of veterans at the end of every month. And this is so exciting. And at the end of the month, we will actually do that. So we will hear your voice again. But let me just reset who you are. This is Jerry Ashton. You can learn more about him at letsrethinkthis.com, letsrethinkthis.com. And because he's also uh, included his charity to make this thing possible, you'll also see his pretty mug on 
rethinkingheroes.com and also his bio there. Uh, there is so much synergy in the veteran community. T-Mobile is now going off on a giant campaign to create cell service just for vets so that it's affordable, reliable, and doable for people that may not be fully housed, as our previous guest, Mike Schmidt, was talking about. People are stepping up, and guess who is part of the example here? You, Jerry Ashton. This show is now in everybody's eardrums. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're everywhere. And so the buzz is happening and the push has begun. And thank God for that. So I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you for making it possible for Rethinking Heroes to wipe out a million dollars in medical debt city across individual cities around the U.S. in the name of veterans soon to come where the veteran debt becomes accessible to you and then you can unleash all kinds of beautiful magic. And guess what? Fewer people in hurt. And that's all we can ask for. Well, let's not only forget, let's not forget to thank RIPmedical.org for helping us in that. Yep. Yep. They've been a big pusher. So I appreciate you, Jerry Ashton. Thank you so much for coming on today. We're going to open up the phones because now I want to talk to veterans. I want to hear your perspective. You're going to peer a piece of audio in just a couple of minutes. And it is a news story that happened just yesterday about how the state of Florida, and we all know that the governor of the state of Florida has unlimited power. He is not like the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, who has to run everything through the legislature. And, you know, it looks a little bit more like what one would imagine a government to look like. Uh, Florida, you have a governor and you have everyone going, yep, uh uh-huh, great. And only 90 miles away is Cuba. So different politics, same seeming rules. Now they want to arm 40 million people secretly. You can walk around with a loaded gun on your hip. It does not even need to be, well, you're going to hear this. And I want to hear particularly from veterans. You know what it means to walk around with a weapon. You know what it means to have somebody else walk around with a weapon while you're around it. Help us understand, is this a really good law or is this politics? What do you think? 818-985-KPFK. Let's light up those lines. 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-5735. Pick up the phone right now. If you're a veteran, if you're in the in the military interstitially, even if you're a police officer, do you think it's a great idea having Mildred in the grocery store with a sidearm on her hip as she's going to squeeze the parsimons and somebody walks up a little close to her, slips on a banana peel, she takes that as an assault and now you have 20 dead people in the grocery store and now every one of those family members is going to come back and get even. That's how I see it. Maybe you see it differently. You've been in war as a veteran. You've been there. You've seen what happens when guns have bullets in them or when guns are even in the scene. Help us, the civilians, wrap our head around this idea. 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735, Rethinking Heroes with Kerry Harrison, Life After the Military. RethinkingHeroes.com. Hi, Carrie Harrison here with you, reminding you to like and share when you visit us on Facebook. Simply go to Facebook.com, Rethinking Heroes. It's really that simple. Facebook.com, 
Rethinking Heroes. Not only are we wiping out $1 million in regular people's medical debt at the end of every month, but our Rethinking Heroes Facebook page is dedicated to all the good people who have heard this show and would like to have a 24-hour after show, so to speak. So just feel free to write what's on your mind, in your heart, and on your conscience, knowing that it will remain uncensored and honored not only by us, but by your fellow veterans. Whether you are a veteran or simply married to one or are a military brat or just care a lot more than the next guy, we invite you to hang out on our Facebook page, which is cleverly called Rethinking Heroes. Imagine how many hours that took for that high-level marketing decision. So don't forget to always like and share every time you visit us on Facebook at Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-628-7226. 800 628 7226 That's 800-628-7226. And it is Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Welcome. Glad to have you here. That's RethinkingHeroes.com, RethinkingHeroes.com, where you can learn a whole lot more and also see how we're going to get rid of medical debt on behalf of veterans for you stretched across the United States and how a station like the one you're listening to is worth supporting in every possible way you can because this is not happening on the big the other ones that you probably don't listen to anymore they don't care we do and i do particularly that's why i'm here not doing stories on cat erections or something not that that's not fun but this is way more important we're going to take some calls and we're going to talk about this news story which i'm going to play right now this just happened and this is what the state of florida remember There are basically three states in the United States that have a population base that matter at this point beyond New York even. We have California, we have Texas, and we have Florida. Florida has a guy running for president. He is following the, let's just say some of the plans that we saw in 1938. They really work. Banning books, burning books, can't say this, can't say that, all in the name of liberty. Even organizations that he started up, one is called Moms for Liberty, where they've been able to ban books, 20 of them, in one county. Books that say that there was something called a Holocaust. Now there wasn't a Holocaust in that county for all those children. But you're saying, wait a minute, one mother can't complain about a book and the whole thing goes away. One mother should be able to say to her son, I don't want you to read about the Holocaust because I don't think it happened. And then her son doesn't read about it. All she has to do is complain, never having to have read the book. She's never even had to see the book. 
Her one complaint removes it from the entire county. Now, nobody's son has access to that book or any other book. 20 are now gone. It's going like wildfire. I want to know from vets, what does liberty mean to you? What are you standing up for when you go and fight? Let's hear this news story. It'll set the stage for you. Gun owners in Florida may soon be able to carry a concealed weapon without a permit. This raises concerns, especially for those who teach the safety and proper use of firearms. When we go through class, we explain the difference between a revolver and a semi-automatic. These are semi-automatics. This is obviously over a revolver. Scott Grant is the owner of Tactical Decisions and Training. The retired sheriff's deputy has been teaching a concealed weapons course for more than a decade. We're going to check it physically and digitally, put our finger in there and make sure there's nothing in there. Grant trains gun owners to safely handle, carry, shoot, and store a firearm, as well as how to comply with the law. Our classes, probably 50% are people that have never held a firearm. That's scary because they go into Royal King or they go into one of these gun stores, buy a gun, three-day wait without a permit. Now they've got a gun and ammunition and have absolutely no training. Grant believes the more gun education someone has, the better. House Bill 543 would allow people to carry concealed guns without a license or required training. The bill's sponsor and Second Amendment advocates believe a concealed weapon license is unnecessary, like a government permission slip to exercise a constitutional right. To be able to drive, and we test you on that before we give you a license, to get married, you need a license. To get divorced, if you have a child, you have to take a class. To operate a boat, um, a firearm is more dangerous than any of those. I reached out to the Florida Police Chiefs Association about their thoughts on permless carry. In a statement, they said in part, the Florida Police Chiefs Association supports permless constitutional carry and looks forward to working with Governor DeSantis and the Florida legislature on this important issue. But do Floridians support this? A recent poll by the University of North Florida found two-thirds of voters are opposed to the measure. You want to exercise your Second Amendment right? We believe that there are certain steps that you should be taking for the public good, public safety, uh, to demonstrate that you know, you're competent. Andy Pelosi, the executive director of the Campaign to Keep Guns Off Campus, is concerned permless carry will increase gun violence. In states where Permitless carry has uh, become the law. We've seen a 22% increase in gun homicide. So we're concerned about, for first and foremost, we're concerned about public safety. Terry Harrison with you, and we are doing Rethinking Heroes. That was a clip from a newscast, local news, where they actually thought that was an interesting story. So they get a, a special hats off. It was not a cat stuck in a tree or cooking tips or uh, mustache wax that's on sale down the street. It was about something deadly and gravely important. We're asking vets to chime in, give us their opinion on what does this mean in a state having no permits Everything is legal. You can walk around with a loaded gut on your hip anytime you want, anywhere you want. Millions of people. What is that going to look like? 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. Let's go first to Ricky on line one. Ricky, welcome to Rethinking Heroes. Yes. Yes. You know, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And what they're doing, if they want to do that, I'm going to sound a real radical here because I came up through the 60s. But anyway, 
But what we do as veterans for America, not for ourselves. We were to go to Vietnam, all over the damn world, and like we were terrorists, army killing people. We need to start right here in Florida. The veterans of America, we need to join together with the good veterans who want peace and harmony in this country to stop this kind of stuff. It's ridiculous. Man, do you know what we going on the chaos with everybody walking around with a damn gun? The, the irresponsibility, I don't care how much training you've went in and, and gun safety and everything else. I carry an M16. And in the military, they train us to be responsible. Safety, responsible citizens, because we represent America. We represent the Army. We represent the Marine, not ourselves. So to hear something like this where people are going to be walking around like this, well, I tell you what, veterans, I'm going to get my shit through. They need to keep the government open because ain't nobody going to be gunning me down the police or nobody else down the floor and nowhere else. We're in a civilized world. We spend a little bit. We shouldn't even have that, man. The police and all the people who are responsible should have those weapons to keep us down. And now we're talking about something like what's the health scatter? And all those things, everybody just go cracking up and walk around killing each other. And it doesn't make sense. I mean, Ricky, I, I appreciate their, the quality of your call, but we got exactly what you said, and I want to do thank you very, very much for your call. If you are calling on a cell phone, which is kind of real life, um, just thank you so much. Talk into the microphone if you can, and don't yell, and it'll be a little bit easier. We're just dealing with modern technology. Ricky, thank you so much for your call. You make a lot of sense. It's true. If the cops have guns, if Mildred has guns, if I have guns, if you have guns, no permits, no evidence of anything, it is going to be a shoot fest. We know what it's like in a war zone for sure. Let's go to uh, Tony next on line two. Tony, you're on Rethinking Heroes. Hi, thanks for taking my call, and I'm in agreement with many of the things that you said, but I think you're sensationalizing the extremism of people getting this uh, area. I do believe that people should be able to carry a gun, and the restrictions on having them is making it so that drug lords and people that are criminals who are going to get the guns anyway, you're not going to stop them or require them to have a permit, but you're going to stop other people that are good citizens that will. There's got to be a balance, and it doesn't sound like you're talking about any balance. You're going from one extreme to the other. It would really be helpful if you had kind of brought in the fact that maybe we do need more people to be armed so that if some child or someone pulled out a gun, they were dropped before they killed anybody. You know, and okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm following you. And, of course, it is sensational because nowhere else on the planet has ever thought this to be a good idea. Uh, even Nazi Germany took away people's guns because they knew if they were armed, well, they probably wouldn't go along with stuff they didn't agree with. So here's a question. Let's say hand grenades, unlicensed, no registration. You can now walk around with a hand grenade on your hip, 40 million people. What does it look like after three weeks? It looks like a terrible idea, but you're also going from, like, people that may need to be able to carry a gun to a hand grenade. It's not a connection. It's, a, it's real. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's a deadly weapon. And we're talking, un, we're talking uncertified, which means I don't know you have it. I can walk into a Walmart, buy the gun. The cops don't know. Nobody knows. I just get to have it. And now I am anonymous with my gun. I can wreak havoc till the cows come home. Why is that good for the public health? Solution here. You're looking for solutions, right? The solution yeah. is that every gun should have a gun trigger lock. 
so that irresponsible, because the biggest death toll in our country is children shooting themselves or shooting others. That's the issue. It's not everyone having a gun. It's the wrong people getting a gun and them not being locked up. And those are kids. Okay, well, there is no provision to figure out who the right people are. There is no provision for you to have a lock. There is no provision at all. It's everyone gets a gun, period. I think this law is a good idea. Look, it's not about the law. It's about you being on the radio addressing millions of people with your really excellent perspective, but you're leaving out some of the other side. Don't go so far so that you, you lose the people. Kind of bring it in a little so that you can... I'm not losing them because this is now... These are guns that do not have to be registered the same way. Anybody can go in, no permits, and it's concealed. This is different from driving a car where you do have to have a license. Getting married, you do have to have a license. Now you can take a deadly weapon and have no license... No, no training for it whatsoever. And you think you've seen children die now? Uh, you heard the statistic, 20% increase when this kind of stuff happens. So I'm not against the Second Amendment. My ancestors wrote it. But they wrote it talking also about a well-regulated militia. Regulated had two definitions back then. Regulated meant well-armed. And, of course, the militia was meant to put their guns in an armory. It wasn't until the 1880s when the Supreme Court and new kinds of rifles came out did they decide that really it meant everyone was supposed to take these things home and do whatever they want. So it's important to look at history. I don't disagree with you, but there's no checks and balances on this sudden drunken rampage of Wild West where even the cops are in on it. And that makes me feel unsafe if I were to go to the grocery store. And if I'm in a bad mood, I have a headache, I'm a little itchy, somebody gets in my way, I may shoot them because I'm standing my ground. Well, so will everyone else because nobody knows I have this. So that's kind of the issue as I see it. I do want to thank you so much, my friend. You're an excellent caller, very smart. We're uh, running out of time. We're going to go next to Bill on line three. Bill, you're on Rethinking Heroes. Hello. Uh, I I was drafted into the Army in 1968 of April. In, in 1969, I was in the 82nd Airborne. We trained every day for trial, trial control. In 1969, there was a march on Washington. It was either late 68, but I think it was 1969, a peace march. My unit that trained every day, they would never, we had rifles and we had bayonets. They would never arm a unit. This is a professional army unit with weapons for everyone in that unit because they know what would happen. We did. Within our unit, there were certain snipers that protected us if somebody would open up, and they were placed in strategic places, but they would never arm a unit. That's why when I got out of the Army in May of 1970, I was so surprised at what happened at Kent State. These are National Guard guys who train once a month, and they had wep- they had rounds in their weapons. When a person has an loaded gun, their personality changes. They are not the same person. In Florida... And particularly, they have what is called uh, a fear of standard ground law. You can fear that you're in danger, and that would be excuse enough for use a gun, just the fear of it. So it's an insane law, but we have insane politicians in this country. (laughs) Nice way to tag it. Well, you're absolutely right. I don't think anybody could disagree with you there. Uh, It seems to me that 
you having been in front of it. And that's why I wanted to hear voices of people who've actually been around weapons when they go off, whether on purpose, whether by mistake. We learned that you guys actually had to have snipers to protect you so that random bullets wouldn't fly. And if you're putting 30 million people, arming them, allowing them to secretly arm themselves, stand their ground, you know machismo alone. The guy that's had too many Budweiser's is going to want to make his stand and make a point. And it is mayhem on steroids. And this is a reason we have even the simplest things in the world. You know, you have to take a course. You have to get a license. Fishing. Fishing. I have to get a license to drop a hook in water. Splash. I have to get a license. But to be armed and be able to take lives and then just claim, well, I was afraid. I was afraid at the hockey game, the, the organs started playing. Well, you know, it, it'd be great if you were a lawyer in Florida. I mean, that opens up a brand new world of, of money making. So I appreciate your call, my friend. Very much so your participation. That was Bill. Um, where, where are you located, Bill? I'm in Santa Monica. Harrison, once more, I'd like to say one other thing. Yeah. That uh, a lot of soldiers, I mean, there were a lot of them raiding the Capitol on January Six. There are a lot of them that are extremely right-wing people, and the ones of my age are the worst as far as their beliefs. So, so soldiers who've been around guns, they're not going to. Uh, they are not liberal at all. They think they swear by the Second Amendment for some reason. I don't. Other people don't. But they're also in the police force today. The younger soldiers. And they're as right-wing as they've come. And I, I'm surprised, but they do agree that everybody should have a gun. It's, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a matter of practicality. It's a matter of ideology. That's what it is in this country. That's what it's always been in this country. Yeah, and, and it is a manufactured consent, as Noam Chomsky would say. Thank you for your call, my friend. Very much appreciate it. William, you're coming up next in Long Beach. The Second Amendment is something that everyone should read and study, not the sentences of it, but the entire context and the thinking behind it. You will find out it has nothing to do with what you're told by the NRA, what what you're told by CNN, MSNBC, Fox. I don't care who it is. The whole idea was the United States back then did not have a national militia. We didn't have an army. We didn't have a national army. We had volunteers. We had militias. And so those militias had to be well-regulated. In other words, well-armed. That's what regulation means. Just like in the army, you follow regulations, which have a top end and a bottom end. So a limit and a max. And well-regulated meant that you kept them. You had an armory. It had bullets in it. It had uh, muskets in it. It had gunpowder and whatever else you need, ways to keep the gunpowder dry, and that you had keys to get into it and stock and arm everyone and get out and do the business of protecting the imminent new republic. It did not mean that everyone should go home and people, everyone had guns anyway. We were hunting. It is not about that. But this was about military-style stuff. And now the governor of Florida is open season as if this were uh somewhere in the wild west and even then i i don't know but we know what happened at least hollywood has made it famous and we know what people's appetites are right now when they can't even fly on airplanes without getting thrown off by the marshals or causing such havoc so uh look out florida let's go to william on line one in long beach william welcome to rethinking heroes well number one uh, i'm a veteran myself um with over 20 years the biggest part about it we don't even understand um, 
It's been a cliche that was said years ago. Anything less than makes us all equal. On a person's ideology, the way that they think, when you put a weapon in their hand, now they become heroes. A smaller guy might shoot a, a different guy by the perception of threat. We don't understand the difference between self-defense and deadly force. And one is just to prevent bodily harm. The other one is to basically prevent death. It's a very, very bad idea. Every weapon that's manufactured has a serial number on it, or should have a serial number on it. Two, the person that purchases that weapon or anything else, they should be registered. They should have to take a course. They should be, and I know this don't sound bad to some of the listeners, they should also be monitored based upon their psychological state of mind. Mental health is a very bad thing right now in, 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 the, in what we're going through as a nation. And you have a lot of homeless people, you know, and, and Lord forbid this continues any length of time. It just makes it all bad. No, 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 no. I think it's a very bad idea. I appreciate very much your call, my friend. What a great way to close the show. That's William in Long Beach. Thank you so much, my friend. It's the same as if you said every single person needs to have a car. Uh, We take them away often when people hit 85 or 90, vision, uh, reaction time is slowed. So it's just not safe for the general public. They don't have control over their weapon. And it's just known simply by aging. Well, it's give everyone a car, 10-year-olds, 5-year-olds, why not? Let's just see what happens. It's the same thing. And I'm going to make an analogy to what William said and what I believe Tony said earlier before we close. People change when they have a gun. Example, you go on Zoom. Who has not been on Zoom yet? You go on Zoom. That camera is on and your microphone is on. You're someone else. You're on stage, baby. You're You're a celebrity. And watch people change on Zoom. Now hand them a gun, let them walk around on their hip, and just watch what happens. There's a reason we haven't allowed it in the past. There's a reason only a guy running for president wishes to allow it. And, well, we're out of time. But I want to thank every single veteran who has chimed in. You know, you've been there. I have not. And thank you so much for your feedback. You can also send us notes. You can go on our Facebook, Rethinking Heroes, Facebook, Rethinking Heroes. Also, Twitter, Rethinking Heroes without the E at the end because Elon Musk won't allow us to spell it right. You can also shoot us messages directly through our RethinkingHeroes.com website. And we're going to be killing off a million dollars in medical debt in your name, veterans, coming up at the end of this month. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com. The Car Show has aired on KPFK since 1973. And perhaps you have a car that's been sitting in your driveway since 1973 or 1993. Or maybe you're still driving it, but it's time to say goodbye. Get rid of.